Hello, everybody. It's time to come together and gather around the fire. Grab yourself a beverage and some bud. I just did. I'm feeling pretty good. And you are here with me, Reverend Samash Treewalker, the Order of Standing Oak, and founding priest of Raven Temple of Siax Wicca here in the Middle West of the United States in Missouri. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Like I say, uh, a lot of cool pagan things. This episode is titled Heathens, Yule, and Mother Night. And yeah, we've just got a lot to talk about. Heathens, Yule, and Winter Magic. That's the other part of this. And it's just like we've had so much going on uh, with the elections. I am very, very happy. Um, you know, we might, America actually might have a little bit of a chance. Pagans might have a little bit of a chance. So we'll see how that goes. Also, like I said, grab yourself a beverage and some bud because here in Missouri, we just legalized recreational marijuana. So that makes me very, very happy. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people that likes to go out. I mean, I drink, but I don't want to be one of those people that if I ever was in a situation, I don't want to be where I would like, you know, get so drunk that I could run people over, have a wreck. I think the worst thing that would happen if I got really, really high was I'd probably try to eat everything in your fridge. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I just think it's like there are things that are better off regulated than a plant that the gods put here for us. So, and it's just going to free up so much stuff because look at all the brothers and sisters that are in prison right now for marijuana offenses. Do you realize how much money it's going to save now that they're, for the states, the states are going to start saving bukus of money because they're not having to incarcerate, you know, uh, uh, you know, weed people. And I think another thing by making weed legal, it's going to keep a lot of people from, from wanting to go and do meth and and heron and all this other shit because it's like you know they've got something else that when it really comes down to it it's acceptable and you know I'm not saying that life is perfect but man just sometimes at the end of the day and everything's been a bunch of bullshit at least you have a chance where you can just go in the back roll up a joint put some headphones on and just tune out the world for a little bit just be yourself for a while and like I said, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about a lot of pagan stuff, a lot of really cool things that have gone on. I'll tell you about what happened with our uh, past for Samhain and such like that. And then we'll get on into it. But before we do that, we had such a great Samhain, as, as a matter of fact. Uh, on the Friday before Samhain, two of our people... Uh, that uh, I won't name their names just for their for their protection and stuff like that. But we have two new members that have uh, initiated within the temple. And that is so cool. And then the next night, which was our Samhain, and oh my God, we had... Uh, the house was packed. Let's put it that way. Uh, we had a great uh, uh, ritual. We did uh, a sumble bloat and stumble and also we did a, a portion of the evening where we did some oracular cedar which is the process by where uh, you go into trance uh, as a means of 
connecting with the gods and and your ancestors and such and bringing back information and, and thanks for the people that are there uh, uh, it's just it's it's something that I haven't done a lot of because there was a stigma with heathen men uh, doing any kind of Seder work but there are you know shamans that have done Seder Galder and other things so it's like it's not it's just something that was different okay and it was different for me too it was just like you know I haven't done it that often but whenever you get into that space where you're sitting the high seat and you can kind of feel the connections between what little bit of a grasp that your body has on this plane of existence and what happens when you let yourself go to the realms of, of Woden and Freya. And so it's like a whole different vibe, okay? So that experience was wonder, wonderful. And then after that, we had uh, a symbol that was geared towards, in our toasting, we kind of recognized the past of our ancestors, uh, the present for ourselves, and what it was going to be like in the future for us as ancestors of those that we leave behind and stuff like that. So it was very cathartic. It was very, very... It was awesome. The people that were here, here and how they connected, and it's just like, you know, I see so many things that are going on within the heathen community, which we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Yule, where you've got a whole lot of stuff coming up. But to give that proper shout-out uh, to uh, Samhain, we're going to give you something a little bit... Um, well, this is an oldie but a goodie. This is Lestat from the movie Queen uh, of the Damned. And it's just our little homage to, uh, you know, just Samhain that's gone past. And after we get done with that, I'll come back and we'll continue paying perspective with you people, with you fine people, and we'll be back.
just awesome oh i love that song i love sound it was a great time and before we get too much further into this we're going to be talking a lot 
Um, yeah, before that, I, I've got some things I want to say to everybody. We're going to kind of go a little bit pagan with this. Hammer in the east. Hammer, hallow, and hold this holy stead. Hammer in the south. Hammer, hallow, and hold this holy stead. Hammer in the west. Hammer, hallow, and hold this holy stead. Hammer in the north. Hammer, Hallow and hold this holy stead. Hammer above. Hammer. Hallow and hold this holy stead. Hammer below. Hammer. Hallow and hold this holy stead. Love is the law. Love is the bond. Such is the tradition with us for the... Uh, Raven Temple of CX Wicca. We're going to be talking a lot about different types of heathenry, some of the things that have been going on in the heathen community. But before we do that, we're going to kind of get into the spirit of things. And it's, you know, we've got a lot of stuff that we've just been working with since Samhain. And Samhain was one of our main times to really kick our divinations into high gear. And one of the things that I recently acquired... After doing my interview with Saxon author Alaric Albertson, uh, which you should check out my uh, podcast for that, we've got some great. We got interviews with Alaric Albertson. We got interviews with uh, uh, Prudence Priest, and we're going to have some other interviews. We're going to see what we can get to come together. But the thing that I've got is called the Martin Rune Deck, and this the Rune Deck was created by uh, Taryn Martin. And Alaric Albertson, the writer of uh, A Pagan's uh, Path to Middle Earth, which that book is, the new book is getting ready to come out. It has been um, republished by a new company. It used to be under Llewellyn, but now it's under Crosscrow Books. And they uh, everything that's in that we're talking about today, I will put in the links and stuff like that so you guys can have a chance to see what I'm talking about. But... Uh, one of the things that I really like about this set is, A, the artwork is very beautiful. And this deck is the first deck I've seen that pays attention strictly to the Anglo-Saxon runes. Not, this is Futhork, not Futhark, Elder or Younger. This is its own thing. This is, uh, 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 traditional runes are 23 to 25, and the Saxons right here, we have 33. And, uh, you know, that's our tradition. We follow a uh, Saxon witchcraft tradition that's put forth by uh, Dr. Raymond Buckland in his book, The Tree, A Book of Saxon Witchcraft in 1974. And he also gave us a larger version of that form of witchcraft in his book, Buckland's Complete Book of Witchcraft, the big blue book. And um, we're going to kind of give you guys the uh, divinatory outlook for uh uh you know coming up because now we're moving into a time of we can calm down we can go introspective we can really start looking we're still working with our families we're still working with our covens and groves and all those things and doing magic and stuff but it's like the mode has been flipped we're in a different place and so we've got two runes to look at 
And the first in these images, I will tell you the image of first is East. The long letter I in the picture is a uh, frozen field with a uh, copse of trees. And this one in the foreground is uh, leaves are bare and it has icicles and uh, snow coming off of it. And uh, with each one of these, we're going to kind of talk about uh, its place in the uh, room poem and then a little bit more information and what it means. And for East, ice is extremely cold, very slippery. It glistens clean like precious gems. A floor wrought by frost, a fair thing seen. To the Anglo-Saxons, ice was the manifestation of cold, which we're getting ready to go into the cold. The rune poem was, uh, also describes ice as very slippery, uh, reminding us of the potential danger in our present. And yet, it is a fair thing seen. So basically, the meaning is beware. All is not as it seems. And... Um, Exercise caution. I think that that's good because, you know, we don't want to get complacent in our lives and stuff. So, you know, we are getting ready to move into the Yule season, Yuletide, moving into next year. Uh, you know, we've got the winter coming and we've got things that we can, uh, you know, work with for ourselves. And then we come into the uh, next uh rune and it is the uh lightning s looks like the kiss s and it's called sigil and sigil says the sun for sailors is always uh hoped for when they depart over the fish's uh bath well then uh uh, ships carry them home. The sun was the simplest, most obvious tool for navigation. It was uh, uh, useful in this way even for men who had no knowledge of the constellations. Sailors were especially dependent on the sun to keep their bearings. And in this picture, what we see is a sailor looking out over the prow of his boat, looking at the sunrise, looking towards the sunrise. And I see the sunrise as like, you know, for me, it's a new day. Things are coming on. And uh, But I think the meaning for this, it says guidance, advice, and personal intuition. And I really see that we are moving into that because now... It's like we're we're moving away from, you know, all this fluffiness, as some people have called it. I just say it's, you know, as people are starting to really want to know what it means to be what we're about. And that's what the, you know, that's what the, uh, you know, the solstice time is for us. You know, we're coming up into Yule and we're also coming up into the Mother Night portion for heathens. And it's like, you know, we have to be ready for all the things that are going to come during the winter. Because there's going to be winter hardships. There's going to be storms and snows and people's cars are going to break down and all this other good stuff. And it's just like, 
you know, we really want to be able to focus on keeping ourselves on an even keel and making life as pain-free as possible. And so, you know, right there with the blessings of the gods and the runes that they gave to us to kind of help guide us along the way, we can figure things out. That's why we're pagans and witches and, and everything else that we are is because we want to see what's up with these kind of things, why life is the way it is. So we're going to take just a minute. I'm going to relax and drink some beverage and put on something for you. And this is Labana. Rise up, O flame, and then when that's done, we'll come back and we'll talk about some more stuff. So, we'll see you here again in just a few minutes. All right, we are back. Oh, that was that was just awesome. I love Labana, and uh, if you hear loud noises in the back, those are trains coming through here. So uh, I apologize for that. I tried to uh, do this in a portion of the day where we wouldn't have fifty or sixty of them going by at once, but such is life, and I'm going to try to keep this as higher up there as I can. Uh, and at least you know, hey, this is real because you're hearing a train in the background. Okay, it's moved on. I'm sorry. I hope I didn't blow anybody's eardrums out. But now we're going to talk about something before we get into, you know, the holiday situation. Something that's been kind of bugging me a little bit here lately. I have been in many different pagan forums over the years, uh, you know, even before there was a Facebook back in the 90s on yahoo and all these places and there it just seems to be witch envy uh heathen envy and, I, and how i mean that is i even on facebook some of the largest heathen norse as a true kind of 
places and stuff, they get really uh, defensive and overly pooty whenever, you know, they have to deal with anybody that isn't Theodish or Vanatru or uh, all these different things or Azatru or whatever. Um, and then they kind of come down on the people that are witchcraft groups that have uh, adopted uh, the Scandinavian gods, the Norse gods, the Anglo-Saxons, uh, different things because they say it's an affront to uh, you know their practice and stuff. It's you know for the most part we're doing things different. The difference between as a true and uh, you know. Uh, Wicca to me is not the fact that Wicca and witchcraft, witchcraft has always been around so we'll get past all that but I'm just saying you know uh, they always have something bad to say about, the, about us but like how often do you ever really see you know there are and I'm just saying that this is my opinion I'm not trying to you know but I'm just trying to st stoke people's minds to think you know that for all the people that you want to talk bad about these are the people that are going to be your allies you know, I love the brothers and sisters of the Azatru. Some of the best people that I've known and still know today are, uh, you know, people that are Azatru um, and have had ties to uh, the Troth and, you know, various things. Uh, my only thing is I do not go for the uh, AFA. I'm not into the white supremacists. I believe in inclusive heathenry. I believe that everybody should have a shot at this, that there is no gatekeeping, that there is no mystery too deep for anybody that wants to look for it to, to be able to do. So because of the fact that we, that Raven Temple of CX Wicca, we are a Saxon witchcraft group. So that means that we do tend to do a lot more ritual and stuff like that, but we don't divorce the gods from what we do. We are, you know, trying to, outside of what our tradition shows us, you know, there are, are many practices because Dr. Buckland, before he passed, said that he wanted, uh, you know, uh, CX Wicket to be a, a means where people could adjust it, uh, uh, practice around it. That's the main thing. Just because you're stuck in a coven doing one thing, doesn't mean that you know that's the core but you have a whole inner inner you know interrelated universe that circles that that you can do like in general in the tree there's no talk of bloat and stumble but we've done bloat and stumble since the day since day one you know because the anglo-saxons did that uh you know uh there are anglo-saxon traditions that i'm starting to really look into uh for the fact of you know like fernsidu and some of these others that are trying to be like almost like Anglo-Saxon Reconstructionist, and then on the other side of that, you have you know like the the historic way that people practiced, and that's where you come into things like I'm starting to get more into the idea of Norscale, which Norscale is syncretic uh, Celtic heathenry, meaning that uh, you know uh, the 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 mixing of uh, Celtic ideas and Norse ideas. As an example, the main reason why that works so well, as an example, right now, in the center of Dublin, Ireland, there is a city park that contains the largest Norse burial ground in that entire region of the world. Why? Because the Norse and the Celts got along. 
they used Ireland as a waypoint to go conquer other lands, Iceland, Greenland, and so on and so forth. So it's like it's it's inevitable that, you know, everybody wants to keep the Celtic separated from the uh, Nordic Viking uh, Saxon type stuff. And you can't really do it because, like I said, in the middle of Dublin, there is a park that ha contains the largest Viking burial ground anywhere outside of, you know, the actual you know, more uh, respected Viking lands and stuff. But so it's like, so Norse scale, you have that. And you have the idea of, you know, uh, the bloat and uh, a lot of the harvest things that went on that were the Anglo-Saxon blessings and all of these things. And I just look at it this way. If you want to hate me because I'm a witch and I'm not full-on fight my way to the beer table, uh, Ozitru, then, you know, hey, that's your prerogative. But I look at it this way, you know, we're all pagans. We're all brothers and sisters underneath all of this. And it's just something that we should embrace. The only thing I don't embrace is anything that is racist, mean, evil. I don't do Satanism and I don't do uh non-inclusive worship uh, i believe black white gay straight doesn't matter who you are um you have the right to be with others and to do your things for the gods and uh you know so it's like we have that we have that to to look forward to as you know pagans that are actually smart we know that you know uh, a lot of people hate others because they want to feel big. Well, I'm big and bad because I'm an Azatru and I'm hating on these little witches and stuff. And it's like, okay, so you feel better about yourself, but it doesn't mean that you're better. All these people can say all this stuff that they want and hate as much as they want. But at the end of the day, all you got to do is say to them or say to yourself, yeah, you can say all that, but you're not perfect. When you're perfect, come talk to me. When you have no flaws... When you have nothing wrong with your life, nothing wrong with the world, anything at all, when you're perfect, come and see me. So every little petty little hatred that, you know, some of these higher-ups and some of these covens and, uh, you know, uh, organizations and stuff, everybody that's around them that's not in their organization uh, are just as important and just as valid. Uh, you know, gay as a true, uh, you know... Uh, whatever denomination floats your boat that is worth it to you but you know give other people a chance you know just because we have the title witch or witchcraft or whatever and we are just as heathen as you heathen and pagans are almost the same thing They're, the terms are pretty much interchangeable so we've got that right there you know and we why do we need to be why does everything need to be a competition I'm not in competition with anybody. Don't want to be in competition with anybody, whatever. But, uh, you know, so we've got that going on with us. So it's just, I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest. You know, I just think that we are so much better than, you know, that whole fighting and, and, and fighting. Let me know what you think. What are, you know, you know. Get, send me an email, uh, sylvanus93, S-Y-L-V-A-N-U-S-93, at hotmail.com, and let me know what is your tradition. Uh, what do you think about other traditions? 
Uh, are there other traditions that you work with that are closely related to yours? Um, and just what do you think of this whole idea of people getting themselves all twisted about, you know, whether a person's heathen or not? I'm a heathen. I'm a druid. I'm a witch. I'm a ceremonial magician. I'm a lot of things. I'm a man. So it's like there's a lot of, of, of stuff right there that I put out in my life that, that are facts. I can't, you know, I can't change them. And I think that's the one thing is like they think that because they think that they're better than you, that they can say this and somehow their words are going to change your mind and make you just hop off the bike and start following them immediately. It don't work like that. If I'm going to follow your tradition, there's got to be a reason for me to follow your tradition. And that's just the way it is. I'm not going to, you know, let you just try to dance me over and, you know, get me onto that train when I'm already doing something that is spiritually fulfilling to me and the people that I care for. So, having said that, we're going to take a few minutes and give you guys some music. We're going to give you a little, a lot of music today, actually, because we're getting ready for the, 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 the solstice. we got Yule coming up, and we're going to talk about that for a little bit here. So we're going to give you a couple songs. We're just going to go for like a long roll with a few songs and some cute little things. And then we'll come back and, and get her going. And I hope everybody out there is having a good week, a good month. And uh, yeah, we're going to give you some Jethro Tull. And I'll be back here in just a bit.
game create the time with every move and line jackal god against the moon and the game will be over soon can you hear the earth sighing as he turns towards the sky the time of Ra is ending and the sun begins to die Can you feel it changing? Can you see her in the night? Can you feel it changing? One conceived daughter and son, sister, lover, goddess, queen, mother to every living being. Your light creates a shadow as you show your face unveiled. Your brother said betrays you. There's a coffin on the Nile. Can you feel? See her in the night. Can you feel it changing? Fourteen pieces to the wind To all parts of the land Scattered widely she will find And form a lover from her hands The sky her tears of gladness Fall to the fertile ground And set lost in his madness To the desert he is bound Can you feel it changing? Can you see her in the night? Can you feel it changing?
I am a young sailor, my story is sad. No once I was carefree and a brave sailor lad. I courted a lassie by night and by day. Oh, but now she has left me and sailed far away. Oh, if I was a blackbird, could whistle and sing. I'd follow the vessel my true love sails in, and in that again I would there build my nest, and I'd flutter my wings o'er her lily white breast. Or if I was a scholar and could handle the pen, one secret love letter to my true love I'd send. And tell of my sorrow, my grief and my pain. she's gone and left me in yon flowery glen. Oh, if I was a blackbird, could whistle and sing, I'd follow the vessel. My true love sails in, and in the top again, I would there build my nest. I flutter my wings o'er her lily white breast. I sailed o'er the ocean, my fortune to seek. I missed her caress and her kiss on my cheek. I returned and I told her my love was still warm, but she turned away lightly, and great was her scorn. Oh, if I was a blackbird. Could whistle and sing. I'd follow the vessel my true love sails in, and in the topper again I would there build my nest, and I'd flutter my wings o'er her lily white breast.
I offer to take her to Donnybrook Fair and to buy her fine ribbons to tie up her hair. I offer to marry and to stay by her side, but she says in the morning. Sails with the tide. Oh, if I was a blackbird, could whistle and sing, I'd follow the vessel my true love sails in, and in the top again I would there build my nest. And I'd flutter my wings O'er her lily-white breast My parents, they chide me Oh, they will not agree Saying that me and my false love Marriage should never be Ah, but let them deprive me Oh, let them do what they will While this breath in my body She's the one that I love still Oh, if I was a blackbird Could whistle and sing I'd follow the vessel my true love sells in And in the top again I would there build my nest And I'd flutter my wings O'er her lily-white breast coming back and we have just finished listening to uh, let's see we had Solstice Spells by um, Jethro Tull Dame the Bard with Isis and Silly Wizards uh, gave us Blackbird and you know now we're going to talk about some of the things that I'm really looking forward to our group, Raven Temple of CX Wicca, has our uh, Mother Knight's Deer 
Yule, the whole nine yards, and we're going to be starting that on December 17th because to actually do it on the day, everybody's going to be having to work on that day. So uh, it's going to be hard, so we're going to be doing it on the 17th. But um, just kind of wanted to give you an idea of like what for us uh, Yule is. Uh, of these documented holy tides, it is Yule that far and away seems the most sacred to modern practitioners of the northern traditions, which is us. If for no other reason than so many of the Christian traditions, Christmas traditions that have survived in the present day, while the association with Christ with this ancient pagan holiday came about in Roman times is connected to the festival of Saturnalia and the Mithraic cult, the spread of Christianity in Europe brought the pagan customs uh, in the root cultures of the northern tradition Germanic, Scandinavian, and Anglo-Saxon England into direct connection with the newly Christianized uh, holiday export. While some aspects of the pagan solstice practices were common throughout, it is explicitly a number of northern traditional practices that we see surviving in our modern Christmas traditions, including carols, feasting and drinking, gift-giving, Santa Claus and other variants, evergreen decorations, and the Yule Log. Since customs vary between the modern-day countries where these ancient customs once stood, there are some variants in these customs, as it is for every uh, heathen tradition. It's just the way it is. And how modern-day heathens choose to celebrate them. Some mirror their practices more precisely after a geospecific historic culture, whereas others will look at the width and breadth of what we know of northern tradition customs. If you've ever heard the Christmas carol, The Twelve Days of Christmas, modern heathens opt to celebrate this as the Twelve Days of Yule, with the last day culminating on Twelfth Night. Since ancient calendars followed a different method of time, the solstice celebrations as well as later Christmassy style observ observances can vary from place to place as to when they occur. Today, most pagans and heathens celebrate the Yuletide as running from approximately December 20th to December 31st, but there are, you know, there are variations for that. Everybody has differences in the way they do it. We do know that the celebration of Yule wasn't always 12 days long. In the Norse text Hamskaginda, pardon my, uh, my uh, pronunciation, the saga of Hakon, the good, talks about it once lasting for three days or as long as the ale lasted. The night it began was known as the slaughter night, where animals could be ritually slain. Their meat later used to feed the community as well as the gods. It was the, uh, King Hakon of Norway, who as a, pre, as a Christian, passed a law that the Christian Christmas Day, which was already a weird bastardization of the Christian story of the Nativity and Saturnalia and Mithraic customs, and the pagan Yuletide celebrations were to henceforth be celebrated at the same time. While this only specifically impacted Norway and its territories, it illustrates an intentional combining of the holy days into one celebration. Today, the High Holy Tide is uh, celebrated for 12 days. Whether this was because in some areas it was celebrated for that long originally, or was perhaps some odd creation that came from blending old pagan timekeeping methods and calendars with the modern ones uh, together, the end result is the same. 
It is customary that no work is done during the Yuletide. From Germanic sources, we see stories of the goddess Berta uh, punishing those who had left work undone. In the, Iceland, in the Icelandic saga, Svardalia saga, we see a warrior who postpones a fight until after the Yuletide. The saga of Hakon the Good also speaks that the Yule was to be kept holy. Some practitioners of the northern tradition will even opt to completely withdraw and go incommunicado from online mailing lists, bulletin boards, and social media outlets like Facebook so they can stay focused on spending the Yuletide with friends and family. While it's not always an option for everyone, there are those who choose to uh, use vacation time from work so they can have the entire Yuletide off as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Which I think that's great. If you know, uh, we uh, so many times. If that's the one thing. It's hearth and home. We're pagans, and that's you know, we are very family oriented. What's the best time to get together and just be with your family after everything that's gone on over the year and stuff like that? You know, and we are starting to slow down. This is probably the best time that you're going to have to really honor the gods and just enjoy life. Do it if you can take a few days off around this time then, you know, do what you can. Like, that's what we're going to do is we're going to have friends over. We're going to, you know, we're going to have uh, feasting and we're going to do a bloat and stumble again and just have a great night. And this is where we get the uh, setup for Mother's Night. The modern Yuletide usually begins for most heathens with Mother's Night. In Bevi Dei's Temporum Ratione, he describes what he knows about an old Anglo-Saxon celebration that he states was called Modranet, which marked the beginning of a new year and was celebrated at the time of Christmas. Apparently, Mother's Night was observed the entire evening through. While little information exists to describe what Mother's Night was, by looking at the Northern Tradition umbrella, we see what appear to be similar rituals. While Yule marks the start of the year for the Anglo-Saxons, we see in Scandinavia that this distinction was, at least for some geospecific locations, given to winter nights, which had a separate observed ritual to the Deesir as part of the celebration. The Deesir can be understood by their ancestral mothers and other female spirits that oversee the family, clan, or tribe. When we reach back to ancient Germany, we also see a thriving cultist dedicated to the matrons or the Edis. Uh, female deities are also sometimes included with the Deesir. I personally theorize that St. Lucia's Day, celebrated primarily in Scandinavian countries, occurs on December 13th and features a female light bringer, maybe a Christianized remnant of an ancient Deesir-related ritual. The Christianized St. Lucia, Lucia Day may have pagan origins related to the figure of Lucy. The uh, uh, practice of Lucivaca to stay awake through Lucinot to guard oneself and the household against evil not only fits symbolically well with the celebration of the longest night, but also brings to mind the description of Mother's Night being observed for the entire night as well. And thus, let me give you a Mother's Night prayer. Tonight we honor our mothers who through joy and suffering endured so that their children and their children's children might not just survive but thrive. I call to our mothers the light and the life bringers who have guided us from darkness into paths of our ancestors have traveled and now the paths we walk down. 
All Mother Freya, I hail thee, and I thank thee for the immeasurable blessings, your guidance, and your wisdom. You see all things, even if I may not know them. May your counsel follow me into the year ahead and be the compass for which I navigate. May the blessings of the Deesir be upon us all. And, you know, part of this is also most folks have heard of bonfires as solstice celebrations. In the northern tradition, we also have traditions concerning the Yule Log, as well as the Ash Fag, which was a collection of bundled branches that were burned instead. We see in the Christian practice of St. Lucy's Day what I feel is a pre-Christian practice of bringing light on the darkest and longest of nights. We see folk traditions of Lucy where the house bride or representative Lucia would walk the property with her candle from house to house through barn and stable around the boundaries of the farmstead to warn it from evil. In Heimskringla, we have a description of a Disablot, which suggests that the king in Sweden oversaw the ritual in his role as high priest while ritually riding around the sacred ball. Just as we have aspects of land-taking in stories of Gifshon, or as exhibited in the Acerbot, which was a ritual, or Plow Monday traditions, we can understand that it is likely that the king's riding on his horse probably ritually connected to some aspect of land-taking or boundary-making as well. Uh, one uh, imagines in pre-Christian times, this would probably be accompanied by prayers or invocation to the holy powers for protection and can be part and parcel of some of the, the hallowing traditions that heathens have for rituals too. Uh, among English sources, we know the remnants of the previous year's Yule Log was used to light the next year. By doing so, we have a tradition that has light, which was extinguished, and now we keep it throughout the year. In part, this becomes something like a folk amulet of good luck. But also it means to restart the light on the coldest, darkest, and longest night of the year when it rolls around again. And, you know, so that's just a snippet of, you know, where uh, it, you know, that we have these things that come from, you know. Um, it's just very important to us family is important to us and i think that's so cool but that's just one little part of everything you know and we're gonna get ready to wind this up but i just kind of wanted to talk and you know one of the last things that we're going to talk about before uh we kind of give you the little last bits of information and stuff is winter magic don't be afraid to go out in the snow and and just go out in the woods and chant a spell or bring home some snow and make ritual potions and and tinctures and things um it's it's very important also i would take a a a uh oh some kind of container go out and get the first snow of the year put it in that container and get it back to your house and put it into your freezer as quickly as you can and then whenever uh it comes to uh, springtime, I would use that ritual uh, uh, for a ritual to plant your, you, you know, something to plant your crops with, uh, whether it's vegetables or you're planting a flower garden or you're planting some potted plants or whatever. Use that water to infuse it with the winter energy. Uh, take your kids out. Winter magic for the kids. Take them out and see the trees 
and you know let let them see the animals in in your area uh honor the land whites and land better spirits nixies pixies kobolds all of that um and honor the gods woden and freya you know every day thank them for being able to you know be who you are as a pagan as a heathen and uh before we get out of here and give you just the last little bit of what we're going to do. I just want to say thank you guys for hanging out with me for this little bit. You know, not very long. We're just having a fun time with it. And, you know, we're going to have a lot more uh, stuff coming up. Just want to let you know that uh, we do have a uh, YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is A Pagan Perspective on youtube i will put a link for it down in the description of this podcast also um i'm wanting to expand and and get better things to you know record this with and stuff so we also have a patreon uh we're getting ready to do live streams for our patreon backers so that means that you guys will know about videos that come up on YouTube before anybody else, and we'll have live streams that are for Patreon backers only. All the information is there on the website, and I'll put the link up for that too. And that'll help us because what I'd like to do is, you know, get some better equipment and do some things where we can go out and do some videos and some interviews and things just outside of the apartment and what we might do at an occasional in town ritual. We're going to be uh, gearing up for Beltane this next year and we're taking it out of the park we're getting out of springfield and we're going back to the woods we're going out and we're working you know beltane in the forests and stuff it's like we've been doing beltane in the park since 2016 here and i miss beltane away from the city away from the hag tag of everything so we're preparing for that we've got a lot of stuff going on so we've got I would love for you guys to, you know, help us out on Patreon. Rate, comment, subscribe. Join us up on YouTube. Um, you know, we've got all that stuff going on. And then, like I say, also, you can find me on Facebook at Raven Temple of CX Wicca. Also, we have a new little site on uh, uh, Syncretic Norse Gale. Gaelic heathenry, we've got that coming on, um, and just some other stuff. We got our Pagan Men Mysteries group. We've got our uh, Progressive Pagans of America for those that are politically left leaning, such as myself. And if you have any questions or you just want to leave any comments, or whatever, feel free to email me, Sylvanus ninety three S Y L V A N U S ninety three at hotmail dot com, and uh, you know. It's just like, I really like doing this. I really enjoy working with the pagan community. I've been involved in paganism for over 30 years. I've been involved as a priest, a teacher, a healer. I work with tarot. If you would like to get a reading, you can get a hold of me through my email, and I can set that up and do a readings for you. Uh, I'll give you information about that. We've got a lot of things coming up, and we're going to start doing some hands-on uh, practical, uh, magical type of uh, of uh, 
podcast. So what we're going to do probably for our one of our next ones or one of the ones that's coming up in the future, we are going to be starting to deal with and talk about some Golden Dawn stuff. And um, we're going to be dealing with I'm going to do a video review and a work on meditation with the runes. And we're going to be using the Martin rune deck, the Taryn Martin and Alaric Albertson uh, rune deck. And go through that and look at the rune poem, the Anglo-Saxon rune poem, and stuff like that, so that we can get a, uh, uh, you know, get a a, a, a different, uh, uh, you know, just perspective on things. So what I want to do is I'm going to uh, give you guys a last little bit of stuff to. Um, you know, listen to and enjoy, and I want to say thank you guys for hanging out with me and stuff. Reverend Samash Tree Walker, the Word of Standing Oak, and of Raven Temple of CX Wicca, and share this podcast around. We're getting so many listens. I love you guys. I really appreciate everything. And uh, yeah, so we'll give you this last little bit of stuff, and I say blessings of Woden and Freya and the, all the old gods to you until next time. B double E double R U N beer run. <laughs> B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run. <laughs> A couple of frat guys from Abilene drove out all night to see Robert Earl Keane at the K-Pig Swine and Soiree dance. They wore baseball caps and khaki pants. They wanted cigarettes, so to save a little money, they got one from this hippie that smelled kind of funny. And the next thing they knew, they were both really hungry and pretty thirsty, too. <laughs> B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a five or a car and a key. And a sober driver, B double E double R U N beer run. Found a store with the sign, said their beer was coldest, so they sent in Brad, cause he looked the oldest. He got a case of beer in a candy bar, walked over to where all them registers are, laid his fake ID on the countertop. The clerk looked, he turned, he looked back up, he stopped, he said, Son, I'm not gonna call the cops, but I'm gonna have to keep this card. The guys both took it pretty hard. <laughs> B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. Oh, how happy we would be had we only brought a better fake ID on this B double E double R U N beer run. <laughs> They found this other old hippie named Sleepy John. He claimed to be the one from the Robert Earl Keene song, so they gave him all their cash. He bought them some brew. It was a beautiful day out in Santa Cruz. They were feeling so good, it should have been a crime. The crowd was cool and the band was prime. They made it back up front to their seats just in time so they could sing with all their friends. They say the road goes on forever and the party never ends. B double E double R U N, beer run. B double E double R U N, beer run. All we need is a ten and a fiber, a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N, beer run. Yeah. <laughs>
all around the country and coast to coast. People always say, what do you like most? <laughs> I don't want to brag. I don't want to boast. I always tell them I like toast. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I get up in the morning about 6 a.m. Have a little jelly, have a little jam. Take a piece of bread, put it in the slot. Push down the lever and the wires get hot. I get toast. Yeah! Yeah, toast! Now there's no secret to toasting perfection. There's a dial on the side and you mix it. Push to the dark of the light, and then, if a pop's too soon, press down again. Make toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toast! Yeah, <laughs> toast! <laughs> when the first caveman drove in from the dregs, didn't know what would go with the bacon and the eggs. <laughs> Must have been a genius, got it in his head. Plug the toaster in the wall, buy a bag of bread, make toast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toast! Yeah, <laughs> toast! <laughs> oui, monsieur, bonjour, coquette. <laughs> oh, croissant de vous avez. <laughs> Maurice Chevalier, I will tell you. <laughs> oh, oui, Marie Burger, bonsoir. <laughs> French toast! <laughs> French toast! <laughs> In Chicago, we're on the Bob and Tom show. <laughs> yeah, toast! <laughs> yeah. Toast. <laughs>